Welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and removes the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here is Dr. Alex. Hi, Dr. Alex here. If you'd like the show today, or any day, I would love it if you took about 10 seconds to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. I've been doing this for about 14 years now, and I spend hundreds of hours every year in preparation and recording the show. And if you like it, if it's worth your time, if you think it might benefit others, I would love it if you could leave a review to recommend to your friends or just recommend it to your friends that could benefit from listening to the show. Thank you so very much. Have a wonderful, blessed day. Since we are going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have. Thank you, everyone, wherever you are in the world and whenever you're listening to this. We are honored uh, that you would give us a few minutes of your time. We've been doing this program for about 14 years now. Uh, we wanted to do something that was completely, totally free, where we were not trying to get money from you or anything else, something to just try to help. And um, uh, we've been doing it ever since. So if we can do it better, let us know. What we, would, what we hope happens with you listening to this program today is that it will give you a little boost in your week. It'll give you a little something to chew on and think about, maybe that you haven't thought about or haven't thought about it that way or haven't thought about it in a long time. A little something to challenge you this week and something to apply to your life to make this week just a little better and maybe every once in a while your life a little better. So uh, please let us know how we're doing on that. Today is uh, <laughs> about as basic to the human condition as you can get. Although the answer to it is not basic at all. In fact, hardly anybody says it even if they know it. Most people don't know it. And even people who do know it even fewer of them are able to live it. And that is true happiness. Now, I say true happiness because there's different types of happiness and it depends on your definition, okay? But probably for the last 75 years, when people are polled about what they want most, and, and that's it, okay? Open-ended. What do you want most? If they have a really serious health problem, they're more likely to say that. If they have some other like life or death emergency trauma going on, they're likely to say that first. But if people don't have any big, huge emergency going on in their life, far and away, the biggest answer is happiness. 
I want to be happy. I want my kids to be happy. I want my family to be happy. Uh, and, and that's been pretty consistent through the years. Now, the thing that's crazy is that uh, I think it was about two years ago, I saw a brand new study where they were looking at, at countries all over the world to see who are the happiest people on the planet. And this particular study, their conclusion was absolutely shocking. And it made headline news, and it even made a lot of those pseudo-news shows who aren't really showing hard news. They're showing more things that they think people will be interested in. Okay, that's cool. That's different, all right? And the reason was what the study found is that the happiest people in the world were in Ethiopia. The, at that time, probably, the poorest, most deprived country on planet Earth where many people don't know where their next meal is coming from. They don't have, you know, the idea of a great house is, I mean, that would never even cross their mind. It's some shelter at all uh, today and tomorrow and for my children and for my new baby. And every day is sort of a struggle for survival. So why in the world would those people be the happiest in the world when, when people in the United States and Germany and, and other, you know, Japan, China, think about that, you know, if they were to be living like those people in Ethiopia, we think, man, I'd be miserable in that situation. I am so much happier where I live now. Guess what? It ain't so. All right? They really are extremely happy. Well, how can that be? Because they are forced by their current circumstances to prioritize the thing that is most important, which is relationships. When you don't know where your meals are coming from, when you don't know if you're going to have food for your kids, when you don't know if you're going to be able to be in shelter from the storm or the extreme heat or the animals or whatever it is, your, your compass, your internal priority compass shifts to people that you love and care about and the people that love and care about you. That is the reason. They're the happiest, but don't hang up because we're just getting started and this is a crucial, crucial area. And if you can flip the switch after we visit today, as you pray and meditate about this this week, from sort of a pseudo or what I might even call a fake happiness to a true happiness, let me just promise you, Tomorrow, the next day, next week, next month, every year the rest of your life, as long as you are doing that, is going to be much, much better and you're going to be happier and happier and happier. But it's a paradoxical truth. So let me try to explain it over the next few minutes and then give it to you to try out and let us know how it goes. Wonderful article came out recently. It was in the uh, magazine Periodical Inc. I N C period, and this one was by uh, Matthew Jones. And the title of the article is "11 Billion Reasons the Self-Help Industry Doesn't Want You to Know the Truth About Happiness." <laughs> 
And then the byline, and I absolutely love this, the byline is, hint, unhappy people buy things. All right, let me read just a little bit more, and then I'll get off of this. But this is the best article I've ever seen on this. Most Americans are, I'm reading now, but I'm not going to read much. Most Americans are unhappy. Despite the abundance of material wealth, the idealism of democratic values, and flashy new iPhones, most people are suffering. And the brutal truth is that several industries, including psychology, self-help, even some kinds of medicine, are profiting off the emotional pain of people seeking quick fixes. They're trying to buy your happiness one book or one pill at a time. People are brainwashed into thinking that reading these kind of books or taking meditation can evaporate their problems and help them find the happiness that they so desire. And the, the reason for the 11 billion reasons is that's what the self-help industry, and this, this study was done a few years ago, so it's more than that now, $11 billion each year on these type of books, motivational programs, etc., which virtually all fail. And, and that is my research as well. And I wrote about it in the Love Code that there's a 97% failure rate with these type of programs, okay? So we, be, we know what's most important, and we keep trying what the experts say will do it, but it doesn't do it. How could that be? Because they're wrong. What they're telling you will lead to happiness doesn't. In fact, it usually leads to a lack or even the opposite of happiness. Let me illustrate. Uh, I have a very good friend who is a uh, wonderful, wonderful writer and person. And this person is known around the world as the happiness guru, the happiness person, okay? I mean, I, and I'm, I'm dead serious. I'm talking multiple number one New York Times best-selling books. I mean, lecture all over the world, big, huge crowds, everybody hangs on their words, etc., okay? This person's got it all together. And their public image matches that. Every time you actually see them on camera, oh man, they just look like they have got it all together like nobody else. And Wow, yeah, I want to do what this person says. Well, this person called me, uh, this was probably three years ago, and um, I know them very, very well. They've been to my workshops and programs. I've been to theirs. We've had meals together, etc. And um, the person said to me, I'm known all over the world as having the solution and the secret to happiness but what no one knows is I don't think I've ever been happy in my life and I'm more miserable now than I've ever been and I feel like a total hypocrite, a total fraud. Would you be willing to try to help me? Okay, which I did, all right? And six months later, this person was night and day different. Okay. Now, I had this happen with another person, too, a couple, actually. That's not who I'm talking about. So, if you heard that story a few weeks or a couple months ago, this is a different person. 
Um, so I did. I helped them. I, I, I taught, taught them about true happiness versus a pseudo or fake happiness, how to do it. Here's some tools. Start doing this. Call me, you know, in three days and we'll take the next step, etc. And I'm thrilled to report it absolutely worked. I am unhappy to report that the person didn't change what they're teaching on the basis of that. In other words, they, they, they continue to teach what they've become famous for, which is not what made them happy. In fact, what they teach never made them happy and couldn't. Okay? Why? Because it violates the spiritual laws of nature. It, and you can't do that and get away with it any more than you can jump out off of a big building and get away from the consequences of gravity. Alright? So, what, what are we talking about when we talk about happiness? Alright. Well, let me go one place. I don't typically go. Um, in Greek, the word for blessed, B-L-E-S-S-E-D, and the word for happy are the same. In fact, that is. Blessed is the word for happy. And that leads me in to the most famous uh, lecture ever given about happiness. And, and this is at weddings, at funerals, I mean, all over the place. And so I'm going to read just a little bit of it, not much at all, just a couple lines. I'm not going to read nearly the whole thing. But listen to this. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the ones most dear to you and yourself, by the way. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are and what you have. No more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. All right? And this, is, this, of course, is a very famous address by Jesus uh, 2,000 years ago. And it goes on and on. And, and I, if you want to read the rest of that, I would recommend it's, it's Matthew 5 in the Bible. And I, I would uh, read it with a good modern translation that makes it easier to understand. But what I want to emphasize here is it's obvious what Jesus is talking about is, okay, you're happy if this, you're happy if you have this, you're happy if you do this, you're happy if this goes on. It's obvious he's not talking about the same thing that most of us call happiness, right? Because when you're at the end of your rope, when you lose something valuable to you, I mean... What we would call that unhappiness. And I believe that's why the happiness industry is failing so badly is because they're teaching you to go after things that will not make you happy long term and to put things that will make you happy long term on the back burner. Oh yeah, that, that's an issue, but that's not at the top of our list. We'll, we'll worry about that later and then probably never get to it. Okay. One of the biggest issues in life is um, our rejection issues. I've never met a single person in my life that did not have a significant rejection issue 
Most people have a bunch of them. I don't think I've ever met anyone who did not have a birth trauma that manifested itself as a rejection issue. So let me, let me go here. This is sort of the, the first big step I want you to sort of grab hold of. You can't buy happiness. You can't. A recent study just released from Harvard followed a thousand students and it asked them, okay, um, what are, what do, are you going to prioritize as far as being happy and successful in your life? Are you going to prioritize money or are you going to prioritize time and the things that you value most related to time, like relationships, meaning, purpose, things like that? At the end of the study, the results were overwhelming. The students that had emphasized money, and that was the majority of them, were much, much less happy. In fact, most of them weren't happy at all. And the group that emphasized time and the priorities based on meaning, purpose, and value were happy, and it was a night and day difference. And what most people do uh, that I've worked with over the last 35 years is even if they say it in different words, they're prioritizing money and the things that money will buy or things like that, like, um, like you know, having some accomplishment so that people will pat me on the back and say how great I am and that will make me feel better about myself. Problem is that that doesn't work. Feeling great about yourself comes internally, not externally. Yes, it's related to people you love and that love you, but and they are external to you, but you are connected to them internally. And that's where those feelings, thoughts, actions, and behaviors come from. Okay? So here... So it, here's sort of the difference. Some people try to get happiness by purchasing it in one way or another, either by money. I'll be happy if I get this new TV. I'll be happy if I get this new car. I'll be happy if I get this promotion. I'll be happy if I get this um, uh, best-selling book or some accomplishment in life, all right? And those people are never happy because when they get that thing, they realize it didn't do it for them, and now they're on to the next thing that they thought would make them happy, all right? So that's one group of people and the vast majority that I've worked with, okay? I'm going to get happy. Something out there, my physical or external circumstances, in some way, shape, form, or combination are going to purchase my happiness, Ladies and gentlemen, it's impossible. That has never happened and it never will. Happy for five minutes, yeah. Happy for a day, a week, possibly a month, but very seldom a month, okay? Happy long-term? Never. However, the second group, you can't buy happiness, but you can give it away. Kindness, the most basic, simple, easy 
thing you can do in a relationship with someone else, which would include as small a thing as a smile or a gentle touch on the arm or the hand and a kind look, or words that, that are kind, encouraging, thankful, grateful, supportive, whatever. Kindness comes from love, creates more love, and perpetuates the cycle. Rejection comes from fear, creates more fear, and perpetuates that cycle. When you've decided, I'm going to get physical or I'm going to control and manipulate and buy my physical and external circumstances to achieve happiness, that is fear-based. And it's going to create more fear and perpetuate the rejection fear, rejection fear, rejection fear of yourself and others. Okay, When you give that end result up to God whether I'm happy or not, focus in the present, in love, not on getting, but on giving, which you can do in in the most easy way of simply being kind. It is unbelievable. It's like putting your dollar in the vending machine and out comes happiness. When you give happiness, you get happiness. And I don't mean by you reap what you sow or karma or that. That, that, is, that is the natural law of nature. You know, you get what you give. No, not that kind of happiness. The kind of happiness that happens miraculously internally. When you give in nothing but simple, loving kindness, it stimulates more love in you. Not based on them responding right. See, that's what we think. Okay, I'll be kind to them, and then when they're kind back to me, that'll make me happy. No, 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 not that. In fact, if you give in order to make you happy, that's not kindness at all. That's fear-based selfishness. And it may make things worse for you. Although, I've seen people start that way and it becomes an addiction and then they start doing it for the right reason. When you give happiness by loving kindness without needing them to give it back to you, or a pat on the back, or a thank you, or something else, okay? It creates more love, kindness, acceptance, identity, worth in you immediately, no matter what they do. It's magic, okay? But again, it has to be for the right reason. It has to be out of simple loving kindness for them, not for you. In in other words, the, the phrase, what's in it for me, doesn't apply. I'm assuming there's nothing in it for me. I'm just being kind because I've chosen to live in love as best I can in the present, and love is kind all the time. If, unless it's absolutely impossible. 
Okay, so if you want to heal those rejection issues in yourself and others, which are absolutely huge to every single person, simple loving kindness can often do that. And, and if it doesn't do it completely, it will at least help it tremendously. Okay? Um, and, and, and being kind can literally change a person's sense of identity and worth, both theirs and the person who is kind to them, not expecting anything in return. It's an amazing thing. Um, I grew up in sports, and so I've seen a lot of uh, Super Bowls and World Series and Wimbledons and and uh, Stanley Cups and NBA Finals and, and all sorts of things like that. And, and I love that. And George and I watch those things and every once in a while go to a game and we yell and scream and have a lot of fun. And he grew up that way too. Um, and it's an amazing thing. Virtually anyone who becomes a champion or accomplishes some great thing in life unless it's absolutely selfishly done. And we see that sometimes too. I think of uh, Lance Armstrong, who won six or seven uh, Tour de France's. And I don't know Lance at all, so it's probably unfair for me to speak to that. Um, he, He may be an awesome, wonderful person behind the scenes, but I do know he lied about cheating for many, many years, And then when he finally did admit it, that he had cheated to win his championships, he really didn't seem to take responsibility. It was just, well, everybody does it. So basically, I'm sorry I got caught, but I'm not really sorry I did it, and I still think I earned it and all that. Okay, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the person who really does it... uh, from a good place internally, okay? And none of us, that's not 100% with any of us, but a lot. It is absolutely amazing when they interview that person in depth, like the week after the championship or whatever, almost every single time that person will say, you know what, I owe so much of this to, and then they'll say a person in their life. A mother, a father, a teacher, a friend, a mentor, a coach. But virtually every single time they will say, I would not be here without this person. And very often when they start talking about that person, they'll tear up or even cry. And they'll talk about how that person made them believe in themselves and and was was loving to them and kind to them and encouraging to them and and ladies and gentlemen that's what that does with everybody not just champions so what I'm what I'm asking you to consider today is become someone else's champion by being lovingly kind to them for no other reason than It's what you believe is right and best, not for what they will say or do back to you. Okay. Um, Fear and what's in it for me rejects. 
That's what it does because it's, it's survival of the fittest. And in survival of the fittest, kindness isn't even on the priority list, okay? Make sure we win. Make sure we've got food. Make sure we've got shelter. Make sure we've got everything, not only that we need, but that we want, okay? And, and there's lots and lots of rules. So if you're in a relationship with a person like that, man, they're going to have lots of spoken or unspoken rules about your behavior and what you do and don't do. And if you go against those, even if they were never explicitly talked about, they're going to become angry, irritated, frustrated, whatever, because they're going to feel like, oh, all right, this isn't what I signed up for. I signed up for happiness. But their definition of happiness is me feeling good about me and the stuff I want in life. When Jesus told us 2,000 years ago, hey, that's not the definition of happiness. The definition of happiness, ladies and gentlemen, is love, joy, and peace internally. Uh, to me, the word joy works much better for what Jesus was talking about and what works with the spiritual laws of nature, uh, Dr. Dan Gilbert's research out of Harvard about expectations, and many, many others. Jesus' definition is the one that fits, and it's more joy. And joy, my definition of joy, is I'm okay and, and have a positive outlook no matter whether the circumstances are what I want or not. Now, that's very different from most people's definition of happy, where, which is I'm getting what I want, what I need, what I most desire, etc. Well, what I'm telling you is the very act of having that definition of happiness as your goal causes you to be unhappy because it's selfish, which is fear-based and leads back to fear, which is anxiety, anger, worry, stress, etc. The act of saying I'm going to live as best I can in the present moment and a part of that is being kind to everyone and everybody in every situation no matter how they respond back to me or whether I get what I want and need or not. The moment you choose that and do it from that place in your heart and attitude, joy explodes. Tragically, many people never experience that because they have the wrong definition of happiness and they go about it in a way that literally prevents their true happiness from occurring. So I challenge you this week, think about this, go, uh, go on a walk, a meditation, make a few notes. Uh, what's my definition of happiness? Is it me getting everything I want? Or is it win, win, win? What is love, joy, peace based, regardless of whether I get what I want? or feel like I need, unless you're in a life-threatening emergency situation. That changes it. But if you're not in that, your, your end result 
has to be given up to God, to higher power, to love. Okay. Change your definition of happiness to the true one. And it can be a huge difference in your life virtually overnight. Some of you won't be able to do that if you try. You've got to clean some stuff up first. Use Trilogy, uh, Memory Engineering, Rapid Eye Stress Release, etc. And I believe you will be able to do that before long. Meaning days, weeks, or months, not years. So try that out and that's it for me.